What's Good Games Podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. I was like, like a ghost. Hello. 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 <laughs> Steimer, how are your teeth prisons? Uh, they're fine. Last week's trays were really rough. This week doesn't feel as bad. Good. Happy that was a it. fun moment. Uh, if you guys missed last week's show, we had a little nugget at the top where Steimer and Brittany were singing about teeth prisons, aka Invisalign. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know that feel. I just switched a teeth prison myself the other night, and I woke up and I feel like I got sucker punched in the mouth. Not a good feeling. Ooh. You know, yes. it doesn't sound fun. No, it's not no. great. It happens. Well, hopefully, those days will be behind you. In the in the distant future, or in the not too distant future, how it's about? like the distant. Good God, how you want to sign me this up for life? You're like, you will have teeth prison forever. I guess it's because I wear a mouth guard at night that I I just have resigned myself to always having teeth prison. I mean, teeth prison at night is better than teeth prison all day. Yeah, true. That's very true. It's like a it's like a it's like a work program. Yeah, <laughs> they just you your teeth your teeth, teeth prison, have a, they have a curfew. <laughs> I gotta I stay there. A show I did with Steimer. I think it was when I first got my Invisalign, and I thought I could wear them while I did the show. And then listening back, I sound like a saliva you mess. Good game, and it was not good. I wear mine during the show. Yeah, you're good at it though. You, you're good at masking the teeth prisons. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not, but I also don't want to take them out because I'm scared that it's going to take twice as long. Are they in right now? They're, yes. Oh, see, I can't They're definitely tell. not noticeable no, at all. No. no. Yeah. Huh. Woohoo! Go me! Yeah, you're you good. You did it. You mastered the teeth prison. Master teeth, prison. teeth prison. Teeth <laughs> prison. Um. So now that we've talked a lot about teeth, how about we talk about some announcements? Of course, this is what's good games, and whether you're joining us for your very first episode or your 118th, we're glad that you're here, and we're looking forward to meeting a bunch of you at PAX West at the end of the month. We've got a whole bunch of stuff happening at PAX. So, Britt, you want to tell the folks about our live streams? I would absolutely love to. We have Patreon live streams Thursday, August 29th. I didn't update this. Was it 5 p.m. is what we're shooting for? I believe. That's what we're shooting yeah. for. Okay. Yes. But we said to hopefully for patrons to be a little flexible yeah. in case we have travel delays. But hopefully we won't. And it's going to be really fun. According to plan, we'll be ready to go at 5 p.m. It's going to be fun. We're going to be streaming from a, a new location. And if you're a part of our community, you might reckon. Well, I don't think you'd recognize the location. But you'll get a kick no. out of it. And it will be great. Yes, and we're going to have some special guests. Yeah. Uh, most notably, you may remember Miss Rihanna Manuel from an episode uh, earlier in the year. She stopped by the studio here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she's also going to be stopping by our streams 
in Seattle. It's hey. going to be great. Um, and we also have a bunch of fun announcements you may have seen over at Facebook.com slash What's Good Games or at What's Good underscore Games on Twitter that we finally announced the details for our party. Ah. Brittany. This is so exciting. It is so exciting. It's happening. So we're calling it Life is Strange 2 presents Relax at PAX with What's Good Games. I like the way that rolls off the tongue. It makes me happy. Mm, so this is going yeah. to be Friday, August 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. at Art Marble 21. This all ages until 9 p.m., at which point you have to be 21 and over. We are going to be raffling some limited Life is Strange 2 posters and winners will be able to get an exclusive meet and greet with, oh my God, I'm missing the name. Michelle. Michelle. Thank you. Co-creative director, I think is the official title we have on the uh, announcement. Anyway, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. It's free. You don't need a PAX badge. Just come on by and hang out. We'll be on the second floor. It'll be great. So we're super excited to once again be partnering up with Square Enix and Don't Nod Studios for our Life is Strange party at PAX. And the reason why we're moving venues this year is because we needed a little bit more space. Yeah. We loved our time at the Unicorn and those folks are fantastic. But we also wanted to open it up to all ages because the Unicorn was a 21 and over event uh, or venue. So what's great about this is the party starts at 7. Uh, people that are 21 and under can be at the party until 9 p.m. and then they have a security guard come around and check people's ids and be like are you underage you gotta get out um but so hopefully if you are a parent or if you have uh you know older kids or if you have friends that are under 21 that missed out on coming before uh please tell them hey you can come this year it's gonna be great we're once again doing the deal where the first 100 people in line will get a free drink on us so if you guys are interested in coming again the venue is art marble 21 all of the details or at facebook.com slash what's good games. Please, 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 please RSVP for the event. And we will be doing a special post on our Patreon page for our patrons to um, talk to you guys about a special opportunity at that event for you as a There's patron. also going to be food. We may yes, or may not foods. be bribing you, but there will be yeah. food. Free food for everybody. We food, can't guarantee how drinks. long it's going to last. Great That's company. the only reason Steimer's coming, early, I guess. It is. going to be food. I mean, I am a highly food-motivated person. <laughs> so, yes. It's a good thing to be motivated by. It is. Um, speaking of Life is Strange, I will be hosting the Life is Strange panel at PAX West at 12 p.m. on Friday. So, of course, that is ahead of the party. So, if you guys are going to be at PAX West and you want to come on by, um, all those details are on my Twitter. And we will be posting all of this on the website as well. Plus, we've got a panel which is happening at 7 p.m. on Sunday night in the Hydra Theater. So if you guys can't be at PAX, it will be live-streamed on Twitch, and we will be sending out those link details once we get them from the fine folks at uh, the Penny Arcade Expo. And uh, I have two other panels that I'm doing because I love to be busy at PAX. Um, the Outer Worlds is a really exciting game that we've talked about on this show several times. And Private Division is having a panel at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday that I will be hosting with some fantastic members of the narrative design team talking about the characters and the world building in the Outer Worlds. So if you're interested, come on by. It's going to be a fun, fantastic panel. We, they're showing some exclusive looks at the game. So if you're interested, in the Outer Worlds, come see us. And then, lastly, I don't know why I let Greg Miller convince me to do this again, but I will be competing once again in the inter-website tournament. Yes, the Pierre Schneider Cup. The Pear Schneider Cup. That's what I meant to say. I always say his name wrong. Um, is up for grabs, and it's at 8 p.m. on Saturday night. Is this the thing you did last year where no one knew how to play Overcooked? 
Correct. And I was dying because the game that I got was some weird, obscure Nintendo balloon game. And I died in the first five seconds. And I was like, this is bullshit. And I got super mad. And then Overcooked came up. And I was like, (laughs) I was screaming at Alex Rubens, who did win, I believe. Uh, I was extremely, I was like instructing him. I was like, do this, do that. (laughs) And then he listened and he won. So all I'm saying is, I'm a great coach. You are a great coach. You are. Coach me, Steimer. I will. I just make sure Joey Noel isn't my teammate because she sunk me when I challenged her. Wow, 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 wow. She did. She was literally delivering our done meals to the opposite team's window. <laughs> Forgot about uh, that. Love you, Joey. You're the best. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's real bad. That's real bad. <laughs> I was so mad. I love you, Joey, but oh my God, what were you doing? Yeah. We all we all love Joey. She's great. Um, so it's going to be a fun pack. And don't worry if you're like, this is a lot for me to remember. We're going to write all of this up on the website uh, and we will have a post for you guys to go and check out. So <sighs> enough about announcements. It's time maybe to talk about some news. But before we get to that, we want to give a big shout out and thank you to our Patreon producers, Alex Rogopoulos, Faris Atay, Mohammed Mohammed, and David Icolucci. And welcome to our Patreon community. Ditto, comma, Bailey. Hmm. I don't know if I'm supposed to read it that way or if I'm supposed to read it as Bailey Ditto, but Ditto. regardless, I'm just reading it the way it looks. Comma John Bailey. is also part of our Patreon community. John who? Don't know. Amy McGrath, Eric Guerrero, Delfino Rojas, Benjamin Preston, May Berlin, Amanda M. Haggy, and Trey Zink. Thank you, you so s- much for joining us. Hmm? Haggy or Haj? Or Hag. Well, there was a kid in my class in high school who had this exact same last name, and his pronunciation was Haggy. Mm-hmm. If it's not your pronunciation, Amanda, I apologize. This kid in my class put an idea in my head that I just ran with. Fuck that uh, kid. Let us know. Yeah. Send us a message on patreon.com slash what's good games and we will pronounce it uh, correct next time. No, we won't. Don't get it. No, we no, won't. No, you're right. <laughs> We're definitely going to say it wrong multiple times as our loyal patrons in the mythic tier and above have come to love about us. At least I, I, this is a narrative I've told myself is that they love it. It's part of our Hopefully charm. They do. <laughs> exactly. All right. But seriously, now it's time to talk about some news. Oh, wait, just kidding. I have to talk about Raycon. They, of course, are sponsoring the news for this week. It's 2019. Everybody needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. So we've ordered some Raycons. I got the the rose gold ones, or as the debate on the internet seems to be, it's just pink. I don't know if you guys saw this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't get into today. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Khalif Adams, friend of the show from Spawn on Me, apparently doesn't think rose gold is a real color. Listen. But Raycon disagrees. You can't trust anyone who likes in this color. oatmeal raisin right? cookies. You can't trust that guy. It's Seriously? Yeah. Brittany, you're speaking the truth right now. Can't trust someone who likes oatmeal raisin cookies. Um, Raycon earbuds are great because they start at about half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, and even Melissa Etheridge are already obsessed with these earbuds. Raycon's E50 wireless earbuds have totally changed the game for us. They're so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. I really love that they give you a multitude of sizes of the silicone part that fits into your ear. So it really works for a wide variety of heads. 
which is, you know, important in this day and age. You don't want to have head discrimination. And I have mine here. And what I like about them, too, is they come with this really cool charging case. And then you just charge this case and then you just like take it around with you and it charges your earbuds. And it's kind of the most cool, convenient thing ever. And it's magnetic. Yeah, it is. It's just kind of fun to fiddle with it. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a fun range of colors like we've talked about and at an unbeatable price. If you guys want to try the new E50 earbuds for yourself, go to buyraycon.com slash what's good to get 15% off your order. That's B-U-Y. R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash what's good for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash what's good. So for our first story today, Brittany, you very graciously helped me pull some news since I was a little busy. (laughs) So do you want to take this first story? I would absolutely love to. All right. So we got a whole bunch of THQ stuff, but we're just going to start with this one. New Saints Row game deep in developments at Volition. This is a Polygon article. Developer Volition is deep in developments on a New Saints Row game publisher THQ Nordic announced on Wednesday. While the game is untitled and does not have an announced release date, the company calls it a full entry in the Saints Row series. Yes. The most recent core entry in the Saints Row franchise was 2013's Saints Row 4, which was followed by a spinoff, Saints Row, Saints Row Get Out of Hell in 2016. Saints Roar would actually I, be a war. really cool... Did I say War or Roar? I don't know. I, I would like that. Roar. Saints Whore? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> this has spun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> in the interim, Volition developed Agents of Mayhem, a coolly received 2017 action-adventure game that has since spawned a successful board game spinoff. Did not know that. THQ Nordic had more than just a few Saints Row had more than just a new Saints Row to announce today. The publisher also strongly hinted that a new Time Splitters game is in development mm. and that the series co-creator Steve Ellis has joined THQ Nordic to quote help the plot help plot the future course for this franchise. THQ Nordic acquired the rights to Time Splitters in tw- 2018 from developer Crytek. Additionally, THQ Nordic also announced Damn Buster Studios, the studio that developed Homefront the Revolution, is now in charge of the Dead Island franchise. Oh boy. This no, this is not a hit against them. This this game has had a weird troubled development cycle we'll talk about in a second. The studio, composed of former Crytek UK and Free Radical Design staffers, is now leading the development of Dead Island 2. Galaxy on Fire developer Fish Labs is working on a new intellectual property. And THQ Nordic has also acquired racing game developer Milestone, the Italian studio behind the ride, MotoGP. MXGP series, developer gun and developer Gunfire Games, the studio behind Darksiders 3, the Goodbye Kansas Game Invest, which gives THQ Nordic a quote portfolio of minority investments in five early stage development studios, Palindrome Interactive, Fall Damage, Neon Giant, Cavalry, and Frame Bunker, as well as royalty rights to THQ Nordic's upcoming game, Biomutant. Good Whoa. God. Jesus. Also, Frame Bunker is a fantastic name. <laughs> <laughs> Frame Bunker. Frame wow, wow. Bunker. This is wild. So we did an episode oh, a couple months back where I distinctly remember making a thumbnail with all of these different games of like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, because they were, they were talking about like, we have like 80 games in development. And I was like, what the oh, God? <laughs> How is and that possible? I- I know it's wild because when I met with them at E3, 
they said that they owned close to 200 IP, intellectual property, in their portfolio, and that 80 of them were actually actively being worked on. I'm like, this is a preposterous amount of games. <laughs> it really is. To be working on. Um, and so you may be thinking, is uh, THQ just like printing their own money over there? Are they like selling drugs on the side? Are they <laughs> It's all a front. Yeah. Is, where is this money actually coming from? Um, and I think it's important to remember that they've done uh, at least three rounds of fundraising in the last three years of of substantial amount of money. The last one was published that I could find just on a quick search was in February of this year, 2019, where they raised $223 million that they intend to put towards even more acquisitions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which clearly they've done, you know, since February. And this is part of that. It's just to me so crazy because, um, you know, THQ for a long time was synonymous with middleware and it almost feels like they're going back to that route because mm -hmm. if you look at what they showed at E3, between Desperados 3, Darksiders Genesis, um, Destroy All Humans, and then there was a fourth one that I'm forgetting, um, those are all games that would absolutely be classified as double-A. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And like, that's a successful business model if you can make them good and sell them all between $30 and $50 and maybe do DLC. But the real, I think, question is, is will they be good? Because, yeah, that's what that was the downfall of <laughs> the old THQ. So it is right. interesting for them to be like, no, we're just going to do, we're just going to keep doing <laughs> the same thing, but more. <laughs> like exponentially more of it <laughs> and then surely some of this will stick right like they're just throwing all literally all of the darts at the board <laughs> and just yeah, like yeah. well some of this will make money i'm sure of it it's it's kind of also nice. i'm like are these who are the who are the leaders of this people that are managing to get all this crap like the all this funding santa claus they are some wily motherfuckers i'll tell you that like they're going all to these like i want to be a fly on the wall of these business meetings where they're just like do they just have like a wheel that's spinning money. and they throw a dart and they that's how they choose their next acquisition like wherever like dart lands that's the next company they're gonna buy i have no idea but no it's, it's kind of nice though because i feel like you know these ips and these studios they're acquiring they make games that aren't like your triple a gangbusters you know but they're they're games that i think people do have an attachment to it's not the largest crowd but there is a cult falling i feel like behind you know destroy all humans and kings of amalur and like all of these ip all this ip so it's cool that they're at least doing something with it i don't think like you were saying earlier this, they're gonna put all their blood sweat and tears and all of their money into developing these games i think they have i would hope that they're setting proper expectations from the get-go I can't imagine that there's enough money on this planet to develop 80 AAA titles, yeah. you know, in that sense. But I have a theory, no, ladies. Yeah. My theory is, okay. is that they take all of these IPs and they, then they turn them into $400 collector editions available for pre-order. And that's how they make their money. Buy a mutant just got a $400 collector's edition. It's $400? Destroy All Humans just got a $400 collector's edition. Yeah, I was going to say Destroy All Humans. Like, and that's the one that is so weird to me because I didn't never played Destroy All Humans back in the day when it originally launched. And so when I played this at Judges Week, um, I, remember, I remember Jeff... Uh, Jeff Keighley being like, oh, you know, who's excited to take a trip down, like, you know, memory lane with Destroy All Humans? And I was like, uh, um, 
I don't know anything about this game. And then I played it. And I was like, this game is weird. And also feels pretty dated. But the main, like, it looks good. And so, like, there's clearly something I'm missing there. Maybe, like, a nostalgia. I think, uh, yeah. For that, for that game. But the rest of the games I saw all played and looked pretty good for the most part. So, who knows? And what's interesting about the story with Saints Row and Dead Island is that I spoke to members of Volition several years ago. We're talking like 2015, 2016, and they were working on Dead Island, or excuse me, um, Saints Row back then. Like, will it be Saints Row 5 or will it be something else? But like they were like the studio was working on something Saints Row related, uh, as to be expected. I think that's not like a leap of faith to assume. Hmm. I wonder what Volition is working on. Maybe their most successful franchise ever. Um <laughs> And then Dead Island 2, oh we did interviews for, not we as What's Good Games, because we didn't exist yet, but I did interviews, I think, for game trailers for Dead Island 2 back in like 2014 or 2015, because that game has been in development a super long Ooh. time. I just assumed it was canceled, but apparently... No. It's so not. it's back from the dead. I think it was announced during Sony's <laughs> E3 2014 press conference because I remember this trailer and actually just watched it again today because I still love this trailer. It's this like super jockey dude. He kind of looks like an arrogant douchebag. You know, he's on, I think, some pier in California, right? And he puts in these earbuds and he's like all cocky and jogging and he doesn't realize behind him there are zombies attacking everyone oh, and, like everything. Yeah. And he's playing it's that I'm the bomb and about to blow up song, whatever that is. And they always have really good trailers for Dead Island. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um oh god, that first Dead Island trailer. I watched that, that so one good. again that today. Was it won great. like hundreds of awards, that trailer. And I yeah, I watched it again today to see how it would hold up. And obviously we all know what the first Dead Island game was like now, but I remember when that yeah. released, it took the whole industry by storm. Everyone was like, oh my God, back when we could be wooed and swayed by fancy trailers. Ah, uh, yes. A- and it's, like now? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think we're more skeptic now, we, but totally. Yeah, did you see the cyberpunk trailer at E3 with Keanu? I mean, mm, that was no. all CG, and CD Projekt Red makes amazing cinematic trailers. I remember the Witcher trailers oh. were like... Chef's kiss. But I watched it again today to see if it's still, and it's still a pretty emotional trailer and it's still a really good trailer and I wish we would have gotten a game like that. Anyway, so yeah, Dead Island 2. So this was announced during Sony's, I think, 2014 press conference and Techland had made the first um, Dead Island and then they pieced out and was like, no, we're going to work on something else. It's turned out to be Dying Light, which is like good move on them. And then I think it was pronounced Jaeger or Jaeger. They started working on Dead Island 2, but then they had creative yeah, differences. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they had creative differences. So then they split, and then Sumo Digital took over, and they had been working on it up until for three years, up until now, and most recently known from uh, Sonic Team Racing and Crackdown 3. And now we have this new studio. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Can you imagine <clears throat> what that code must look like at this Dude. point? They have to throw it out, right? Like, there's no way that they could possibly work with it. And that's what I'm well, wondering. I don't think about how long they worked on Kingdom Hearts. Or Final well, Fantasy But those weren't constantly shifting dev teams. That's true. Like, That's because everyone codes I'm just thinking, I'm literally, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm literally just thinking about the code base and, like, if something breaks, that team will have no idea how to go back and fix it because someone else Fair. built it. Unless it's built in Unreal. I don't is know. It, is it Unreal? I actually don't remember. Maybe it's Unreal. And then in which case it might be fine. But it kind of begs the question, does this game even stand? I mean, I guess it is. Like, kind of like we were just talking about THQ. I, if they have okay, the right, it's an Unreal Engine game. Okay, around. 
the proper expectations <laughs> that this game isn't going to sell kajillions. It's not going to win. Probably, this is me making assumptions, win any major Game of the Year awards. Is it still, you think, worth putting all this effort into? Think of all the money they dumped into it. And clearly someone there believes in it enough. But it's like, what does a, do- a Dead Island 2 look like in today's video game culture? Right? I feel, I mean, I'm not one of these people, but a lot of people are sick of zombies. They're, they're hashtag over it. And it's how successful can this really be? If I feel like they have to dramatically change the formula and make it into something maybe even a little bit more serious, maybe more refined and polished for it to gain enough traction to be relevant. It's going to be interesting. I remember seeing footage of this game at E3 that year. But now... I I normally would be... Yeah, Brittany, that's totally right. But after seeing how impressed <laughs> I got with Dying Light 2's demo at E3, I was like, well, there's clearly room for a zombie game if it's done well, well and do- it looks good and plays well. It, that's just the big X factor with this game because Dying Light, not Dying Light, uh, Dead Island as a franchise kind of fit this really kind of campy zombie right. vibe that had yep. some really fun combat mechanics. But then when Techland left that franchise to start Dying Light and was like, you know, Deuce's Deep Silver were out, you know, and went to go do their own thing and branch off. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what remains and like what's going to actually feel good and play well, knowing that the team that really created the Dead Island franchise is now working on another blockbuster zombie franchise that are really going to go head to head in competition. Well, the thing with Dying Light 2, and I even asked this question at E3, I said, would you classify your game as a zombie game? And they're like, no, you know, Dying Light, it's more about the parkouring, the weapon crafting, the storytelling, like obviously... The infected, oh, was that what they're called? I think the infected in this one. Anyway, every zombie has its own term in the game. Yeah, right? they're it, like, zombies. Zombies, they're, yeah. They're zombies. It plays yeah, a but role, yes. but the yeah. game isn't so central on that as much as it is, I think, on the storytelling and the consequences of your action. Whereas I think of Dead mm-hmm. Island, which is much more, you know, zombie slash RPG game. So yeah, you're just like hacking things up. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this one. Clearly, it's still a thing that's like being worked on. But we'll we'll see. They're like, we will make it happen if it kills us. Dun dun dun. <laughs> oh, my lights are flickering. That was really ominous. <laughs> oh, with my dun dun dun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got ghosts. I'm oh, haunting no. you, Saima. But uh, you're still this alive. This next story. Oh, sorry. Wait. No, it's okay. I'm done. Oh, she's done. Oh, 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 oh. she's I'm getting her eyebrows. eyebrows. I'm getting oh, the I don't eyebrow have, action. I don't have my pillow. I don't have my, that's what she said, pillow. <laughs> I know. Mine's back there, which you can see on your cameras, but the people can't see because it's cut out. <laughs> someday soon, we'll be in a new studio. By someday soon, I mean not for a while. Um, but this next story I'm excited about because I'm a giant arcade racing fan. Need for Speed Heat is coming in November, once again focuses on open-world street racing. So this write-up comes from Destructoid. Electronic Arts fully revealed the new Need for Speed game, which is set to debut this November, yes, just a few months away, on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. The Need for Speed franchise has always had a penchant for fiery monikers dating back to Hot Pursuit in 1998. And Need for Speed Heat will focus on rogue police force and street racing with an open world setting. It has a very Fast and the Furious vibe if you uh, watch the trailer that debuted this week. 
EA says the game deepens and expands everything Need for Speed fans love. Expressive customization, authentic urban car culture, and an immersive narrative that pulls you into the game. Given that Ghost Games, who has handled three of the Need for Speed titles already, which slowly improved over time, is back, it's a good sign. Naturally, your EA pre-order bonus incentives are in, including a bunch of things that I'm not going to go over right now. If you're interested in those pre-order incentives, of course... You can head to the Need for Speed website. It launches on November 8th, but EA Access and Origin Access basic members can play 10 hours of it early on November 5th. So this, to me, is a giant, like, jaw-drop moment. Knowing how big EA is into marketing after having worked with them on EA Play, the fact that they did not debut this at E3 and say it's coming in November, which in and of itself would be shocking to know that like the cycle was even just like four to five months, is troubling but also exciting at the same time. Um, so in this trailer... They showed a bunch of CG and there's a bunch of uh, VO with this woman talking about like street culture and being on fire and being fast and outrunning the police and take that with a grain of salt. What I was really interested was towards the back half of the trailer, they finally showed a couple snippets of gameplay and the lighting and the graphics looked fantastic as they should at the end of the console generation, especially from a team who has experience, you know, building these games. I expect it to look beautiful. However, for the reasons I've already stated, I'm apprehensive. I would love for a true arcade racer to come back to Need for Speed without all the kind of bullshit that came along with the last release and the microtransactions and what have you. But I'm holding my reservations. I want it to be awesome because I love Need for Speed as a franchise, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I, I want to get excited, but I, I I can't let myself, and I'm mad about it. Emotions are hard, Andrea. It's okay. I yeah. don't give two shits about Need for Speed just because <laughs> I'll just be honest. I don't. But well, Don't uh, lie to me, Brittany. So, like, did... <laughs> Did no one see this coming? I mean, why Why was it like, oh, my God? No, I, I honestly, I think it's because EA has conditioned us that we're going to see a multi-month marketing cycle from them on all of their games that I would never think a, a, a tentpole franchise for them like Need for Speed would be like, oh, hey, it's the middle of August. We're going to just drop this hot announcement trailer and the game is going to be out in less than three months. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, that's true. EA is very traditional in a lot of the things that they do. So it's a little weird. But I maybe mean, this is a step in the right direction. Maybe they're turning over a new leaf. Whoa. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe that team. I don't because I, 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 I'm flabbergasted. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, have nothing, I have no idea what to say because I'm like. They definitely obviously had an opportunity at EA Play to have talked about this. Just like they did with Plants vs. Zombies, right? Right, exactly. And the fact that they didn't take it, I don't know what that says about the game. Because at this point, we we don't know if this game is like really good or not. I, I would assume it will be fine. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it is a head-scratcher. But hopefully a good thing. And like, okay, cool. Maybe EA does want to do the fun like Bethesda moments of BT dubs this game's coming out real soon here you go instead of just they're like well three years from now maybe you'll get this game 
Hmm. Well, I think the real problem with them not presenting this at EA Play is that they missed the opportunity to put it in front of thousands of members of the media from around the world. And arcade racers uh, and racing games in particular tend to be popular with international audiences, not necessarily as big in North America as they used to be. And I was like, it seems like EA Play would be a ripe opportunity to let press play the game ahead of its November launch. But what about Gamescom? That's right well, around Gamescom- the yeah, you're right. Games comes next week. Um, and I guess I I think... Are they going to be I there? Like, um, I imagine that they would be there. Because like, that probably is what it is. It's like, well, we'll hold off. Arcade racers aren't super US focused. So I'd say that's more of a European thing. So like, Gamescom yeah. feels like a good fit. Uh-huh. I just hope they bring it to PAX because I want to try it. I'm sure they will. I just think that it's a game, it's a franchise that needs a, a boost, it needs a, a lift. I tweeted, could this be the Comeback Kid title? I don't know. I've literally seen nothing of this game other than the trailer and can't base, you know, <laughs> games off the announced trailer for sure, as we just discussed with Dead Island a in the last story. So, um, but yeah, it's just a, it's kind of a head scratcher for me. If, if, if this is Fast and Furious, what you're saying is, this genre or this particular title need for speed or franchise, I suppose needs the rock moment. It needs <laughs> yes. the rock to come in and shake things up. Dude. Yes. What if there's right. a Hobbs and like, Shaw? That was a fun movie. It was so good. It was really fun. I saw I it. It was so dumb, but that's why it was good. It yes, was so those, dumb. Those are always really, really good movies. It was good. I, saw, I went to a drive-in and it, which I haven't done in forever. You know, oh my God, nice. they still have drive-ins. Yes, they do. Ladies. <laughs> Yes, they do. It was super fun. Okay, so help. I'm, I'm a racing car idiot. So I know okay. you have Need for Speed. You uh-huh. have Forza. Is uh-huh. there another like huge? Oh my god! Besides like Mario Kart, which doesn't count. Uh, Gran Turismo. But that's okay. not. A, it's not arcade. No, it's not arcade. Um, for arcade racing, isn't there another one that I I there's a another one I'm forgetting the name of completely. I don't know. Well, because I, mean, I don't really pay attention to this genre to be super fair. I mean, I would say that Need for Speed is the number one arcade racer, but then Forza Horizon has dethroned them the last couple of iterations. Uh, I would say right now the top arcade racer is Forza Horizon. Um, before, like, if we go back, <laughs> take it back, <laughs> uh, Burnout was a ah. was a, a fantastic franchise in the arcade racing genre. That was excellent, and I really liked. But that was, you know, Criterion, the team that's doing Dangerous Driving now, which also, you know, dabble, I believe, in the need for speed. Let me double check. What's up with... Isn't Grid another one that's late? Like, it's getting delisted right now, Grid 2. But isn't that another popular one? It is. Um, I think I've never spent much time Mm. with Grid, and I think that, obviously, Grid has been around for a long time, and they stand on their own. but. I mean, when we're talking about like de facto franchises that instantly call to attention of arcade racers, like to me, it's like it's Forza and it's Need for Speed. Oh, okay. So those are the two that are like going at it. Yeah. And specifically, I mean, it's but this is Forza just Andrew Her- Renee's opinion. The Horizon, Horizon series, not traditional Forza Motorsport. Correct. Mm. Forza Motorsport is a, is a simulation racer, much like Gran Turismo. Yes. 
I've tried to get into these racing games. I just, I don't care. I, and I was thinking about this earlier. I know everyone loves customizing their car. And to me, I imagine that's kind of like customizing a character. I can spend a lot of time doing that. But when it comes to a car, I'm like, give it a slap of paint and it's good. What was this game? I remember playing it at it E3. Um, I don't remember who was making it. I'm trying to Google and I cannot seem to Google the correct terms. You were like in a car and then you could switch to like a boat or then you could switch to like a plane. Oh, Ubisoft. It was that Ubisoft game. Yeah. What was that fucking oh, called? Oh, God. What was that? Um, hold on. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I can't remember the name of this. Yeah, because it wasn't the it wasn't the crew. It was. No. Um, oh, my God. Are you sure it wasn't the crew? Maybe it was. It might- the Cruise, here's an article. The Cruise 2 Ridiculous Vehicle Switching Feature lets you transform dot, dot, dot. That's it. Okay, 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 yeah, okay, good. I was like, I was having a brain moment of like, oh my God, what was that game? Because I just remembered us back at E3 playing Yeah, it. that was it. It was the Cruise 2. That was fun. I was really bad, though. I kept running into everything and destroying everything. And that's that was why E3 I don't play last games. year? That wasn't last this year. year. Yeah, it wasn't this year. Yeah. No, mm-mm. yeah, and the crew, the crew, I think, really carved out their own audience for sure. But um, it's one of those games that still never really broke through to the general masses, which was disappointing because I actually really enjoyed my time with the crew too. I thought they made some really great changes um, in what they were doing. But well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So fingers crossed that it's going to be good. I hope so. All right. You're all right, all right, all right. Next story. All right, all right, all right. Rita Steimer and I'll grunt. Okay. SNES style controller for Mm. Nintendo Switch appears Mm. in an FCC filing. This comes to us from Polygon. Uh, Nintendo may be making a Super NES style wireless controller for Nintendo Switch based on images from a recent filing with the U.S. Federal Communications Commission. The FCC filing was spotted by a member of the reset era forums those are still exist cool uh and features a drawing of the back of the wireless device the silhouette is unmistakably an snes controller and the model number and fcc id include the letters hac which is used in nintendo's model numbers for the switch hardware and accessories (laughs) nintendo's filing may provide further evidence for the long rumored edition of Super NES games for the Nintendo Switch Online, which currently offers subscribers a growing list of classic NES games. In January, a member of the modding community uncovered evidence of SNES titles for Nintendo Switch Online, including games like Super Mario Kart, Pilot Wings, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, and Super Mario World. The addition of SNES games for Nintendo Switch Online would be a welcome feature, as evidenced by this month's deep-cut additions to the service, Kung Fu Heroes and Vice Project Doom. (laughs) Nintendo currently sells wireless controllers for the Switch based on the design of the NES controller. Those controllers are available exclusively to Nintendo Switch Online subscribers. <gasps> this would be cool. It's wireless. I would probably get it for no reason yeah. other than I have a very strong affinity for this Super uh, Nintendo. And it's pretty. Same-sies. And it's color. Like, I thought about paying a bunch of money to get the Etsy Joy-Cons that look the colors like, yeah. yeah i've never done it yet because i still i can't bring myself to pay that much money for them yeah but god they're pretty oh this is so exciting at first so here, here's the scoop is where how are these games like gonna come to the switch right i imagine they're going to be part of nintendo's online subscription service which is offerings. a mega bummer but i want to pay for donkey kong and just have it forever oh so you're worried that they'll like take it from you 
Well, I don't. I don't. Yeah, don't you have could. it in your Super Nintendo Classic Edition? I can't take that on the go. There's just some games that you want on every platform small. you own. I mean, like I can't no, play I, it I like it. while I'm on the plane or whatever. I'm with you. You want it on your Switch, yeah. and you just want to have it. You just want them to have Virtual Console. Yeah, yes. really, what we're saying here. Yes. So I was worried that they were going to do the whole Joy-Con thing when SNES games do come. I don't know why. It's just like Nintendo's going to Nintendo. But the fact that we see like they're if this is all going to come true and make my wildest, wettest dreams come to fruition. Just think of like having an SNES wireless Bluetooth controller to play SNES games. It's just so fucking exciting. That is cry. really exciting for me. I, I will cry when this happens. I'm stoked. I hope it happens. I do want... I mean, I wouldn't mind if they were like, here's some online offerings, and then also you can just straight up buy some, like, who? Who, who, who? Uh, but I just want I want the thing for as long as I have my Switch. I guess it wouldn't be forever, because Nintendo doesn't have a great online and doesn't port things forward, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I can't imagine that they would... Well, I don't know. I think it would be a weird look. But again, Nintendo's going to Nintendo. If they do sell these on their eShop as separate purchases, I would like to see this become just like a thing for their Nintendo online subscription service, right? It's already, you know, I don't want to say cheap because it makes me makes it sound like it's like a bad thing. But it's, it's, it's real, a good value. Inexpensive, good value. Bang for your buck. And if you can say, hey, subscribe, pay this low amount of money, you get access to these really great already NES library. Now an SNES library. I mean, that's reason enough for a lot of people to buy a Switch alone, especially if you're you know a huge fan of the classics. And what's really neat about the NES games is they have, I don't know what the actual name is called, but they have some games on there that they've done certain things with it. So you can, you know, start certain games with all of your items or you can start games with maxed out health. And that's really cool because those NES games, you know, they're not super easy. And I think our patience for games like that these days, unless you're into like the Dark Souls or Sekiro games, you know, where they're very, they're very, it's, it's not a lot of patience. So I think it's great that they offer that so people can go back and visit those games that they maybe never got the chance to play and experience them. Not to mention, I think the SNES library just stands the test of time. And so many of those classic games are still so good and they hold up so well. I'm just, I want this to happen. Yes. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, but it sounds like maybe we're getting closer. <gasps> yeah, they've already <gasps> made the, the emulation in the SNES Classic Edition. All they have to do is port it to Switch, which shouldn't be that hard for them. They've ported those games a bazillion times over oh, the yes. decades. Um, and like this is a win. This will be a, a big win for people, especially going into the holiday season, who are looking at maybe purchasing an additional Switch Lite for their home or maybe adding a Switch or trading up their Switch to get the upgraded um, Switch that's available, which BT Dubs GameStop is doing a deal on. I don't know if you guys heard about that. I did oh, not. Oh, I saw They're photos doing- of people transferring data. So what's the deal? So GameStop is doing a trade-in deal. If you trade in your Nintendo Switch, your current Nintendo Switch, you get, like I think, like $225 of trade credit to go towards the new upgraded Switch. So essentially, you're getting a, the Switch with the better um, the chip mm-hmm. that optimizes the battery life for $75. Nice. Oh, shit. Hmm. Excuse me. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you get them out the red box, and I'm sure your friendly neighborhood GameStop employee will help make sure you get the right one. But they're doing a deal. So. That is very cool. But I was yeah. thinking, how dope would it be? They won't do this, but they bundle, like they make a bundle 
Super Nintendo bundle. Like a like, gray Switch unit? And like, yeah, and like a really pretty oh. Switch unit that's like Super Nintendo themed. And then they, like, include, like the the, and then they include the actual oh. God, that'd be so good. And the purple buttons. Oh, my God. Yes. What would, if they did it? They won't do it, but what if they did? I would abandon <laughs> my life. I would throw all of my money at it. I would just be like, here, take my wallet. Here's my social security number. Here's everything you need. <laughs> just take it. Just take my life. Give me oh. the console. Well, listen, if you're offering up your social security number for this custom console, there's a deal to be made here. Ooh, Andrea. Let's talk after, you talk after the show. Okay, okay. It's a good one, too. Seems like a pretty cheap price for, for access to your social. Yep. I'm not very good at business. What can I do? <laughs> now she's just playing dumb. She's yeah. a very smart lady. Um. But yeah, I, this to me is just a foregone conclusion, right? Like this is happening. It's absolutely going to happen. You know what I've been thinking about a lot lately? So I just want to play Ocarina of Time on my on my Switch. And if you're going to get mad at me for not saying Ocarina, fuck you. But I'm just saying, I've been wanting oh, to play. Ocarina. Yes, Simon, I love it. Yes. Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So go, girl. You go, girl. Oh, Andrew's dancing. She's broken. She's losing her mind. Ocarina dance. She uh, she's going through a lot of adult things right now. Hey, 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 adult, ocarina. Adult responsibilities. She's a little cracked. I know it's like this. You've, How uh, many buttons uh, in uh, Ocarina? Fl- uh, well, anything is like this. It's not like. Well, I'm glad you no, asked. But like I'm oh, glad she's got it right there. <laughs> oh wow, you have it right on your desk. I do. I can play songs. Okay, you're Prove not it. even you're not Prove even it. putting your mouth on. Okay, hold on. Okay, that's what she said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I God. Myself. Wait, but you didn't oh. blow in it. <laughs> oh, it's because it's a fake oh, ocarina. Oh, it's a fake one. Oh, of course it's fake. You think I'm not talented? It's a, it's a, yes, I do. Yes. I, as a, as I a believe die in hard, you. You literally have the master sword on the wall of your home. So you're you don't t- have a true... Okay, now don't buy one. Now I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. So wait, you're telling me <laughs> that for like a hot minute, I had you convinced that I was actually playing this. No. No. Oh. No. <laughs> oh god, oh god. <laughs> Andrew and I were like, no, of course well, not. Well, you're like, it's a fake ocarina and I've been blowing into it. So I thought I had my moment. It's okay. No, I'll never, I knew you I'll were never pushing be... buttons, but I wasn't my sure if you could also as- blow. My aspirations to be the hero of time have been shot down. It's fine. Let's just move on. I'm you know, now. they sell them at Pike Place Market. There's a man who makes clay ocarinas, or however you say it. I've been eye fucking those ocarinas. for many years now. Ocarinas. If you're going to Pax West, that is a pro tip from me to you. Go yeah. hit up the ocarina. Ocarina! Hey, yeah. Ocarina. Now it's going to be so cool. Uh, he's at Pike Place Market. He's got a stall. Or at least he did when I still live there. I don't know if he's still around. Yeah, he is. I just saw him. Well, I saw him a few years ago, so I can't say that definitively. But I know who you're talking about. Yes. Also, if you're going to Seattle, Pike Place Market is a place you want to visit. It's Very great. true. They throw fish. It it's smells true. bad. That's not even the best part. Like once you're past the fish market, there's so many flowers and good food stalls and lots that of smells arts good. And crafts and homemade jewelry and all kinds of stuff. Um, Let's talk about porn. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to just like briefly talk about this story because it's kind of a bummer of a story and kind of an eye roll. But I feel like a lot of people in our industry were talking about it. So yeah. I felt compelled to add it to the rundown. Mm-hmm. But we've been having a nice, fun, lighthearted conversation about some interesting video game news. And I don't want to bring it down too much. But Emma Kent over at Your Gamer, who we cite all the time, wrote, It's been a terrible week for Twitch. And ain't that the truth? When the biggest Fortnite streamer in the world leaves your platform, there's going to be a void. 
She, of course, is referring to Ninja leaving to go to Mixer. But I imagine Twitch wasn't planning on porn being the content to fill it. After Tyler Ninja Blevins left Twitch for rival platform Mixer 10 days ago, visitors to his channel were redirected to a variety of other Fortnite streams. And one stream in particular got Twitch into serious trouble. Last night, which was several nights ago at this point, uh, Blevins tweeted a video criticizing how Twitch had turned his channel into an ad page and one that promoted streams was a porn broadcast. Blevins made a video, which he posted on his Twitter, and he said, I've been streaming for eight years to build that brand and to build that channel. There was a porn account that was a number one recommended on my channel. I have no say in any of this stuff. Understandably upset, Blevins called for the adverts and his entire channel to be removed, a wish Twitch has partially granted, having removed all of the advertised streams from his channel while the promotion of porn was unintentional on Twitch's part. Here's my thing. If you're Twitch, you have control over this. It's your fucking platform. And so if you're going to make an example of the biggest streamer on your platform and say, oh, we're just testing out this feature, maybe... You should do your job better, Twitch. Hmm? Yep. Anyway. Yeah. My uh my aside is done. Essentially, TLDR, Twitch apologized, they took it down. Ninja's like, whatever, I'm done with you, Twitch. I just like the sentence uh, the sentence in here real quick. Um sure. while the promotion of porn was unintentional on Twitch's part, the platform's failure to remove the not studio for work stream and its quick promotion on Ninja's channel thanks to Twitch's algorithm was an obvious cock up. <laughs> Yes, that was good writing. Very clever. I thought that was cute and funny. That's all. Good job, Emma. You made it funny. Um, so essentially, like, this was bad, and the whole reason they did it was bad. And, like, their excuse was even, like, so eye-rolly. Like, oh, well, we were just testing out this feature, so you're going to test it out on the number one channel on your platform, despite the fact that Ninja left. Like, he still has the most followers, and that's going to kick a notification to his followers or if they go and they had they missed the news maybe they were on vacation or something and they came back and they're like where's ninja here's just, some porn here's well yeah. yeah and you think of the kids you know he has a huge you know he's a very family. brand safe yeah channel. who may they got they learned some things that night ladies and gentlemen no it's it's they weird sure it's, it's it's hard because on one hand i'm like well it's twitch's platform they can can they do question mark whatever they want with ninja's page i guess legally and technically yes but then i put myself in his shoes that you know if what's good games decided to publish our videos only on videos published by what's good games.com i don't know and youtube.com there we go and youtube was like oh my god those girls have so many subscribers we need to try to show other people or show off or uh promote other video game content creators and they started putting other channels on our youtube page how would i feel about that and i think i would feel pretty crappy you know especially after the all the work we put into you know growing this channel and curating it just to see them take advantage of that and promote other platforms and not doing a great job at it i understand why he feels the way he felt and in his video you know he had said that there were for the most part things had been pretty amicable and uh professional between him and twitch but there were some you know little jabs here and there and they just kind of like let it go be the bigger person quotes and then this happened, and then he just couldn't take it anymore. And I understand that. It's kind of weird. Twitch has just kind of made some weird decisions lately. There's been some bad things on Twitch lately, and things that you would think should have gotten more than just a little slap on the wrist. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and it's it's 
crazy to me how they'll hand out lifetime bans for streaming porn, but not for the dude that assaulted his girlfriend live on stream. Uh, apparently, that's okay <laughs> for you to domestically abuse your partner uh, live on stream. But if you show two consensual uh, consensual adults, you know, banging, no, no, no. <laughs> How dare you? It's yeah. just like their their biggest problem right now is something that YouTube is also struggling with. And I want to believe that Twitch being like a homegrown grassroots company, um, despite the fact that they've ballooned beyond their 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 size and the the staff, I think, to manage the content that they have <clears throat> underneath their umbrella, is that their excuse is really like, oh, this slipped through the cracks. We don't have proper community management or content management teams in place to police all of this consistently. And so they're... What, what what is happening is that their message of what's allowed and is not allowed on the platform like, changes depending on what day of the week it is. You know, we're seeing this with all kinds of content that's getting flagged for people getting banned, whether it be Dr. Disrespect in the bathrooms at E3 or what happened with this streamer in Australia, you know, with his girlfriend. So and now these people streaming porn uh, and not safe for work content. It's just like make up your mind, pick a lane. And stay with it. If you're going to have rules, enforce them. Yeah. And enforce them with some weight and have some consistency. But they haven't. They'll give one streamer a six-month ban and another streamer a two-week ban. And it's like, the, how is that supposed to give viewers any kind of consolation that you know what the heck you're doing with your platform? And YouTube is just as to blame because they also are, you know, essentially laying down the law with their creators who are breaking the rules wildly inconsistently as well. And like, I'm with you, Brittany. I absolutely believe that these are private platforms. I've always said like they're allowed to do whatever they want on their platform, whether they kick you or not. I just want them to be clear and uh, transparent with what the rules for being on the platform are and then, you know, enforce them consistently. And we're not getting that from, from Twitch for sure. Yeah. Yep. It's a thing. <laughs> yep. Ain't going to be yeah, the last man. time it's in the news. That's, you know. Whatever. Certainly not. Certainly not the last. All right. Um, I'm we, so excited. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, there's what's one this. Oh, Brittany, what's this? Brittany? Are you reading it or are you wanting someone else to read it so you can? I don't grunt? know because I think it could be a very sexual experience, Simon, if you read this, and I can just kind oh. of like bask oh, wow. in it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't sound so scared. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm nervous. Okay, so the seal, no, no. the seal guy. He is from a thing. Do you ladies know what he's from? Am I the only one who's out of the picture? I don't know what no, he's from. No. Is he from a thing? Yeah. Okay. Let me pull up our YouTube comments because we got a lot of people who are listen- just pure listeners. They don't watch the show, and they said as we were describing them, he was like, "I know exactly what that seal is." So he's from Wait, really. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was the overalls that um. I mean, there are probably not a lot of seals and overalls. Okay, so. so someone, this is from Simple Car. I was listening to the podcast, and as soon as I heard you say seal with yellow overalls, I was like, Gus? That's G-H-U-S. So that's Gus from Saga. Gus? Yeah. Oh my so, god, it is! It is, yeah. Okay. I just Googled it. Yep, Goose, it's definitely him. A bipedal seal him. man who herds cattle resembling walruses on planet Quietus. It's your dream man, Andrea. Dear Silbando, your husband, he's a bi- 
Oh my Wait, god! Like I don't even he know. He sold is one saga. of his stock, Frendo, to Clara in exchange for her act. His plan was to use it to help protect himself from I the bone bugs. When Marco <laughs> became separated from his wife and Prince Robot, the I'm really bad at Roman numerals. I don't know which number that is. Became separated from his son, they teemed up and asked Gus for help. Since Frendo was on board with the wooden treehouse, they used him the to track Alana and his son. This is a riveting story. Seal Man is the best. It's a space opera fantasy comic book series, which debuted in 2012 from Image Comics, and it depicts a husband and wife from long-warring extraterrestrial races, Alana and Marco, fleeing authorities from both sides of a galactic war as they struggle to care for their newborn daughter. Apparently, wow. it's the YouTube comments say it's a good, it's a really good series and worth checking out. Does this out. mean we can't call him Henry? No, he's definitely Henry. He's, see, Gus has a twin, Gus has a twin brother named Henry, and that's who is in your hands right now. Got it. Yes. It's not canon, but it's, it's true. All right, Brittany, get ready. Okay. I need, I feel like I had, uh music. I need romantic music in my ear. Okay, go, go. Okay, hold on. I got it. Oh, is she, but, but think of the YouTubes. All right, Dorymon, Story of Season Harvest, an October release on Switch. <laughs> but you have to read the, the, the bold and underlined thing at the top. Oh, okay. It says, goodbye, everyone. Brittany will soon be living her best life and will abandon you all. Okay, good. That was Brittany's version of... Uh, okay, that's distracting me. I can't read what that's... <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Andrea. After originally being penned down for a slightly vague, quote, autumn 2019 release, Doraemon's Story of Seasons has now received a true release date. You'll be able to pick it up from 11th, from 11th October? It's it's out on October 11th. Okay, yeah. that's what it is. <sighs> a crossover game between Story of Seasons and Japanese manga series Doraemon, the game will have players planting, growing, and harvesting their way through a friendly adventure. You'll be enjoying those activities with Doraemon and his friends as you aim to develop a town, interacting with the people in it to build a thriving community. <laughs> uh, and then there's, I think this is a Britney point that just says, <laughs> there is also a new story of seasons in the works. <laughs> okay, so I have to talk. <laughs> okay, because it was Steimer, all caps. I'm not shouting at you on purpose. That was all me. So Steimer and I broke this down on a Britain Steimer show, and I was a little apprehensive because I love my story of season games. They're like my chicken soup for the soul games. And I was worried because... This is a crossover between Doraemon and Story of Seasons, and what? But one of the the thing I'm most attracted to about these games is that you can interact with townsfolks, you get to build those relationships, you get to pick someone who you want to marry, have kids with, you bring them eggs and turnips and eggplants all day every day, and they love God, you. God, I seriously just need to start giving a man some eggs. I know every day, just give him a fucking egg sandwich. Don't say a, anything. An hold egg it over, a day. Just hold it over your head your heart. and give it to him. Yeah, and then, I'm not gonna yeah. like hand it to him like a normal person. It no. has to be over my head, over your head, and then you just kind of like throw it at him. But yeah, hopefully it doesn't break. So I was worried about that, but then at uh, a few months ago, it was confirmed that there's also another story of season games in works on in the traditional sense. So before we get into the other stuff, I have my Doraemon Doraemon game coming in October, and I have a new story of seasons games that's in works. You may continue. That's just like TBD, like no date on that whatsoever. Just like we're working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new story of seasons. Yeah, well, in works. Now, there's something regarding Harvest Moon via oh. Dual Shockers. Mm-hmm. Marvelous. Marvelous. Has published more information and screenshots regarding story of seasons. Friends of Mineral Town. The oh. Switch remake of the 2003 originally released uh, Game Boy Advanced game. Oh, yeah. Story of seasons. Friends of Mineral Town will see the comeback of Ellie? Uh, Yes. Okay. 
I was like, I can't tell if that's Eli or Ellie because my Same. eyes. I was a little confused. Yes. Yeah. But you're Ellie, good. Mary, Gray, oh, Doctor, oh, and oh, Kai. Oh. All of them have the same professions, personalities, and hobbies as in the original game. Uh. Their new character designs are done pretty well, too. You can check them out in the gallery that's in this article, which is on Dual Shockers, or you could just Google it. Uh, other returning characters confirmed so far include Popery, Karen, Cliff, and Rick. All of the various villagers of the original were already revealed as well, so it's safe to assume every single character from the original is coming back. Marvelous also teased two brand new characters when the game was announced, but they still weren't revealed. Switch, ex- uh, yes, Switch exclusive story seasons. Friends of Mineral Town launches in Japan on October 17th. Exceed has also announced the game in the West, but there's no release date quite yet. It's coming um, though. This is so fucking exciting. Oh my and then God. The final backflip off the moment for her. Rune Factory 4 special is coming to Switch in 2019, and Rune Factory 5 is coming in 2020. I love you all, but I'm going to leave your asses behind. I'm going to divorce my husband. I'm going to abandon my dog. I'm going to find a little corner somewhere on this Reb? earth where I'm going. Reb? I, I, I Why can't, wouldn't you I just can't, take Reb with him? Because with I you. can't be held responsible to feed him and keep him alive because I'm just going to find a corner on this earth and I'm going to fester in my own filth and I'm just going to play these fucking games hmm. until I become a shriveled old prune of a lady because this is like my life. This is what I live for. I, I've been deprived of these games and now I'm getting like so many of them. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm curious if I'm going to like the Doraemon one because I have zero attachment to Doraemon, but Same I here. like Harvest Moon games. So I'm excited about the new story of seasons, like without the other thing. Yeah. Uh, and I should I play this Mineral Town one? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yes, you should. Yes. Okay, uh, good. Yeah. So I think the Doraemon game is just going to be like all of these, but this one in particular, a really just feel good, chill, relaxed game. This one has more of a storyline, whereas the other ones usually don't. It's more about building the farm up. But this one, I think, is just going to be a really good feel good game. And I, I like to feel good. I do, too. It's a good thing. I told Jason about all these games coming out and he faked a very good. That's exciting, babe. Because he knows when these games come out. Oh, Jason's so nice. He's like the best. Yeah. No, he's too bad you're divorcing him. I know, but you know it's for the best. (laughs) I can't give him what he needs when these camps. So this is a good thing. Uh, I just want to give my like year warning in advance. Your year notice. My year one year notice. No, that's actually really respectful and like helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. I got you. I got you, ladies. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So I have to replace Brittany. Uh-huh. By 2020. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. That's not much time. Got okay. this. It'll be fine. It'll I'll, be great. I'll start holding auditions soon. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, my Who God. has long blonde hair? <laughs> oh, a lot of people. <laughs> I can talk obsessively about Pokemon, Zelda, and uh, Story of Seasons. <laughs> oh, I'm so um, happy. But that's all. all right. Well, I'm happy you're happy. Thanks. Your happiness makes me warm inside. So I'm glad that this makes you feel great. I wish I had this thing, but maybe <laughs> Destiny Shadowkeep is that thing. Um, I was thinking about adding it to the rundown, and then I was like, nah, it'll get too nerdy. They had a stream this week, and they announced a bunch of changes coming to Shadowkeep for Destiny 2. And needless to say, I'm excited. A lot of the What's Good Guardians are excited, and it's going to be fun. When's the but- cross save coming? August 21st. Oh, yeah. We we probably could have talked about that, but we didn't. So they announced Cross Save for Destiny happening on August 21st. And to me, like I've said this before in the show, and I'll say it again. I think Cross Save is going to be a bigger deal than Cross Play. But it also depends, I guess, for your personal opinion on what you use it as. I would rather have the ability 
to play on a different platform with my friends seamlessly than to have like all of the network errors that come along with cross play. And not to say that there's always network problems because there's not. There's clearly some people that have been doing it well and successfully. Uh, I think people like Psionics or even people like um, the uh, Phoenix Labs behind Dauntless or Fortnite, you know, have been working on cross play and making it effective. I just like the ability to take my character to another platform if I want to. Totally. Yeah. I do think that that is more of a us like thing though than your average person like i don't most people don't have two consoles so being able to switch back and forth is not super helpful but then them being able to not be like off on their own just because they have the raw the quote-unquote wrong console from all their friends if cross play is a thing that's helpful for them so like it's just different strokes for different folks Different needs yeah. for different Steves. I don't know. Just made that up. Oh, oh, that, I like it. Different needs for different Steves. <laughs> I like it, Samer. No, I, yeah, I agree. It, it, it's a cool, it's a good step. I think cross play, like Samer, it, it, I'd like to look into this and see how many people own multiple consoles. I don't know because we live in our own little bubble where most of everyone we interact with and our colleagues all have all the consoles because that's our job. But right. I'm not super familiar with what's outside that bubble. So for me, I like the idea of cross save, you know, especially specifically for the reasons where it gets tricky if one platform gets exclusive dlc and the other one doesn't then what do you do if you don't have then it gets all messy and then but if you have cross save you can just hop on over and then hey you're good to go but like sam was saying you know if you have like kids who are in high school or i guess fucking elementary school playing Fortnite with their kids and i'm sure you know the parents are like you don't need two consoles then they're just kind of screwed so it's like you said different needs for different steves yep but cool it's cool either way it's a good step no matter what agreed agreed yeah all right on that note let's take our first break of the show when we come back we're going to talk about what we've been playing including my hands-on impressions with a new build of borderlands 3 stick with us we'll be right back good everybody and welcome back it is the second segment of the what's good games podcast and this is where we talk about what we've been playing and you know fire emblem talk is definitely going to be happening oh, oh, in this yeah. Segment. oh yeah but before we get to that i need to tell you it's brought to you by quip the easiest way to ease back into a routine, you might be thinking? Well, start it up before September, especially if you're headed back to school. Simplify the morning and evenings now with a simpler electric toothbrush from Quip. The mirror mount puts brushing front and center in your bathroom, so you'll remember to bookend the day using your new brush. And the lightweight, compact design means you can bring it along with you on those last summer weekend getaways. Oh, it's almost over. <laughs> so enjoy sleeping in, then ease back into the swing of things with a smile. Up to nine. of us don't brush for the full two minutes or don't clean evenly. Yikes. The built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. And did you know that 90, excuse me, 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective? Quip brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and stay committed to your oral health. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted 
by the American Dental Association, and they're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews, including from What's Good Games. We love Quip because it's easy to take on the road, and we are traveling constantly. They're either coming to my house in the Bay, or we're going to an invention, a convention like E3, and we're going to PAX West. We're all going to be bringing our Quips with because we got to keep our mouths clean. Listen, you don't want to say hi to us on the show floor if we haven't been using our quip. Oh, God. Yeah, don't stay. <laughs> Real yeah. talk. Stay very far away. <laughs> and that's why we love Quip, and it's perfect for getting back into a routine. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash what's good right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash what's good to get your first refill pack for free. And I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We know that you can buy Quip in a lot of places. You can find it in stores and you can find it on other shows. But remember, if you go to getquip.com slash what's good, that helps support everything we do here at the show. So we greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to help support and keep the lights on here at WGG. So we could potentially start with Fire Emblem. But before we go down that, because I think it might be a fun thing to end the segment with, Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about. Borderlands 3. Yeah. So we're all pretty excited for this. Would you agree? Yeah. I like very. shooting things. Yeah. Yes, very. Um, and, and video so games. I, true. Yes. Good <laughs> like, clarification. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when 2K reached out and said, hey, do you want to come up to our studio and play a bunch of hours of Borderlands 3? I was like, obviously. <laughs> I would love to come. Um, as a reminder, disclaimer, not only did 2K invite me to come up to their studios, but I hosted for them earlier in the year for the Borderlands 3 reveal event. And so I've been very, very excited about Borderlands. It's one of my favorite franchises. You can see behind me that I've got a giant claptrap. I've got multiple claptraps on, on the set here in, in the Bay. And so for this hands-on, I did several hours of hands-on time with Flack. And Flack is the beast master of the new Vault Hunters and Steimer. I think Flack is going to be right up your alley. Yeah, tell me, tell me. <laughs> so Flack is a non-binary cyborg robot. Not quite sure what they are, but I find Flack a very interesting character and... I think the reason why Steimer is going to love Flack is because they have animal buddies. Uh-huh. Yes, but like and how many animal buddies and what kind of animal buddies and how <laughs> cute are they and can I pet them and will they be my friend forever? Yes. So, yes, you can pet them. Yes, okay. they're your friend. And they're as cute as you decide to make them because <gasps> whatever I skin- can dress them. Yes, whatever skin you put on flack is the skin that's on your animal <gasps> body as well. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> the look yes. of joy so on Steimer's face right that now. Feature alone. So you get to choose from three animal buddies. You get to choose from the skag, the spider ant, and the jabber. So I went with the spider ant. Now, at first you might be thinking, hmm, that sounds like a gross insect, but actually... The way that it moves around and kind of like hangs out with you is not creepy. It's not creepy. It's not creepy at all. Uh, And especially if you have it dressed up in a skin, it like it's like your little matching buddy. (gasps) Do they have like a top hat one for him? Because it'd be actually kind of funny. That would be amazing. I did not see a top hat skin for the spider ant, but you know what? It doesn't Border- exist. Dear Borderlands devs, if you're listening to this and if you haven't <laughs> thought of that, please make him a top hat. 
<laughs> so he was super fun. And then they all have a, a few different abilities. What, was, what addition, was the last one you said? You said uh, Skag. A Jabber. Jabber. So the Jabber is kind of like a hybrid. Oh, it's like a bee. Monkey character type thing. Is it? It's hard to describe. This is uh, like he's got this lot. really long tail. Um, and he like always is playing with his tail. He's like a little mini. Oh, I, I see him now. Okay, because the first thing it showed was a, a stabber jabber. And that's like oh, a that's weird why. insect. Okay, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, jabber jabber. Okay, I see. Oh, he's no, thank you. I'll pass. He's kind of creepy. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Well, what I want to know what photos you're looking at. Don't put them in the Skype because I've come learned up on screen. Um, but like, and I have I have gameplay of him. Oh wait, here's one. Um, if you go Borderlands three jabber you could see he looks kind of a cross between like a lion and a monkey yeah so his he's got like this mane up. around his face and then he's got this long tail and he throws acid barrels at enemies for you he's like donkey kong kind of yeah <laughs> um so he would look cute in a top hat too so you get to choose which skill tree you want and depends which uh animal buddy you have and then he's also got uh, oh yeah he's not bad he's cute um and i I apologize for everybody listening. I'm um, I'm still getting uh, adjusted to the pronouns, and that's 100% my fault, and I apologize for misusing Flax pronouns. But what I really like about Flax passives is that they are really complementary to the Beastmaster class that they are. And the one that I really liked playing with was when you get to uh, Rakes, or racks, whatever you call them, like the bird, the bird. Oh yeah, the racks. I think racks. Board of the Borderlands mm-hmm. universe, and so you get two of them, and then you can um, send them to dive bomb enemies as part yes. of your super, which is super fun. And then you can also assign your animal friend to attack specific enemies as well. Uh-huh. And Flack was a really interesting character. I, I was hard to get a sense of what kind of personality they have based off some of the VO that I was listening to. But it seems like, you know, they will progress and maybe shed back onion layers throughout <laughs> the campaign because some of the characters feel like they're really bombastic up, up front. You kind of know what you're getting into. But Flack was a little bit more of an enigma. Not unlike um, Zero, the assassin, in the previous game who, you know, you really kind of grew to love as the game went on and you kind of got to know a little bit more about uh, Zero as a character. Um, so I really enjoyed my time with Flack. So I have a question. Yes. Question. Because, uh, as you both know, I played way too much Guild Wars 2 and one of my <laughs> characters was a ranger and at the time I picked it because very much like Flack, I was interested in having a bunch of little pets that ran around and did damage for me and were my best <laughs> friends. But lo and behold, as I played the game more and more, I realized I had made a giant mistake. They have fixed it now. And they actually have a different variation of the Ranger class where this fixes it. But in the before, years ago, uh, it was actually like you kind of were one of the worst classes for mm. a lot of things because the pet AI wasn't always the best and wasn't always doing the damage that you could mm. do as a player. So I guess I'm curious as to how good the animal companion AI is, how much it does really seem to be helping you, or if it's kind of like, oh, they're cute, but they kind of run around and like... Do nothing? Do nothing. That's a great question. So I found during my playthrough 
that if I didn't assign my friend to attack an enemy specifically, they did much better Hmm. by just letting them roam on their own, which is a little counterintuitive to like the design. And in in fairness, I didn't upgrade it very much to really uh, see what they would be like farther down the skill tree. But what I discovered was that if I assigned my friend to go attack a specific enemy, they would die. And if I didn't assign them to a, attack a specific enemy, they wouldn't die. Oh, weird. They actually would. They would actually kill quite a few enemies hmm. if the AI just was left to its own devices. And I don't know why that is. And they respawn. Like there's like a refresh period where you have to like wait, and then they'll just automatically respawn. So there's no like death or permadeath for your for your friend, thankfully. But it's annoying when you're used to them in combat and then they're gone. You know, and then you're like alone they don't even like they like disappear yeah they they die and then they just poof oh i because like a lot of how they do pets in other games is like they'll be downed for a bit and then they'll like slowly recover revive sorry to to be clear just like uh your regular allies if you're playing co-op you can revive your pet as well okay good and they have names the spider was called broodless yeah, uh, and the jabber was called Meat Thief. Oh my! What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now I want to get a pet and name it Meat Thief because that's just the funniest name. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it wouldn't. Would it be a compliment if someone called you Meat Thief? Yes. Well, Anyone calling gutter, you a thief, it means that you are stealthy and you are quick, and you have a high skill in something, even if that skill is maybe a little bit more sinister than you would want for someone who is your friend. Meat thief. All Meat right. thief. That's cute. That's a good, that's good, yeah. All right, I'll take it. Um, but the game looks great, and then they fast-forwarded me into the story, so I got to see some of Eden 6, which is one of the many planets you're going to be visiting in Borderlands 3, and I got to play with Mose, who is the girl with the mech, the mech shooter. I didn't like the mech as much as I thought I was going to. And I don't know if it was just user error or not, but there was no way for me to disengage from the mech once I had... Oh, wait, no, there is a way to eject. I just figured it out late. Um, But the thing about the mech as a super is that it really only felt like it was useful during boss fights in that doing just basic crowd control... Um, it was a little overkill. So, yeah, mm. it, it was just like it didn't. It didn't feel smooth. It didn't feel like it meshed well. And that's perhaps that maybe she's designed as a tank character, like a literal tank, and that's why it felt like too OP. And maybe she will feel better in a co-op environment where there's other people to compliment her. But playing solo because I didn't play co-op at this event. I was not really having as much fun with her as I wanted to have. So I think I'm still mm. going to main Amara. But Flack was a strong contender as my backup vault hunter. But I know, Britt, you really enjoyed your time with Zane. Oh, yeah. Who was the operative who's got the gadgets. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to shoot yeah. shit. Well, good. But the gunplay feels great. The guns look good. Um, I was talking about it on, on Gamescast about how there really just is not a bad gun that I've come across. And the art on the guns is just beautiful and I just can't get over how good this game looks and the polish feels great and the quality of life changes are nice and the map when you go into the map 
It's like a 3D map now so you can see levels because that was a big thing in Borderlands before is that it was sometimes hard to see where the markers were if there was multi-level terrain. And now it's like a 3D map where you can turn it around and see, oh, I have to go up a couple levels to get to where the marker is. Man, was- Wolfenstein would have benefited from that. <laughs> oh Seriously. Yeah, they would have benefited from a map just in general, but yeah, would have been real nice. Um, and they announced this week that Ice T is joining the voice cast as <gasps> the voice of Balix, who's a new character that I got to meet in my playthrough, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, such a fun character, and I can't wait for you guys to meet him. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about him, even though if you want, there's plenty of information out there if you want to learn about Balix and Ice T's role. There's no shortage of footage because they didn't give us any upload restrictions. I'm still trying to decide if I want to upload all this footage that I captured. But I know that when it comes to story stuff and new characters, sometimes people are like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So I'm not going to say much more about it here, but except that you're going to love him. He's great. He was he's fantastic. Obviously, he's a he's a great actor. So um, he's a he's a nice addition. Yeah, he feels like a good fit. Yeah, no, because he, he's a, he's been a gamer for a long time. He yep. publicly talks about playing games, and I think it was a, a good move by 2K to get someone like him on board, um, especially in the wake of all of the controversy around the voices of Reese and Claptrap, which oh. are not good, are not yeah. great. I mean, Claptrap, I will say, the actor that they have playing Claptrap now is absolutely fulfilling the role. My problem is that I have an emotional attachment to old Claptrap in a large part because David Eddings is a friend of mine mm-hmm. and he's fantastic in that role. But also because like you, when you get used to hearing a character's voice over hundreds of hours of gameplay, it's just a rough adjustment hearing somebody take up that mantle and try to do it on their own. And they very clearly are different readings. I mean, but it's not – the new actor isn't bad. The good news is that there's lots of other – amazing things to be excited about for borderlands 3 including you know your own loot stream they have two-player co-op split screen like local split screen which is something that isn't found much these days and then four-player online and this game is going to be great i'm really really excited for it i'm so glad that shadow keep is delayed until october so yeah. i have lots of time in september <laughs> to play even though i'm going to be moving during the first two weeks of launch. Woo! Oh, no. <laughs> Being an adult, let's go. I know, it's so sad. Everything just needs to come to Switch, and then it won't be an issue. It'll still be an issue, actually, just yeah. not as big of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Well, good. I'm very excited for this game. It needs to come out, like, now. And that'd be great. It'd be wonderful. I, I'm still looking for that awesome co-op shooter. Wolfenstein Youngblood was fun for... A hot minute, more like maybe a this hot like, like two hundred forty minutes maybe. But now I'm just like okay, yeah. No, I I have no doubt. And like BT Dubs, the prologue of this game was like four hours long. So there'll be plenty of Borderlands three to play for for months to come. And the gameplay and the gunplay just feels so good. I can't I can't wait can't wait yeah I just can't wait to be king. Exactly. Um, so before we go down a fire emblem rabbit hole, um, I don't know that that I don't know that there's much to say anymore. Except where there isn't. I mean, we are both playing Fire Emblem a lot. I think we're probably going to save it for next week because we're going to try and dive into a spoiler cast. 
right? Yeah. So this yeah. is not next ahead, week. Um, oh, sorry. So, not next week. Yeah. I'm gone next week. And then Andrea is going to be gone the following week. So Samer and I were thinking we would do a spoiler cast the third segment. So that would be the episode that publishes August 30th, which will be the day of our PAX party. Pax. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So still playing Fire Emblem. I'm, I think I'm nearing the end. I know I'm nearing the end. I think I have like 70 plus hours into this. And I'm still loving it. It's kind of at that point, though, where it's the same repetitive formula that I'm not bored by any means. And I'm continuing to look forward to everything. But it's I don't know how to explain. It. It's kind of ex- it's not exhausting, but it's I'll I'll, I'll go through a month. Right. The, and the way I break down my movements in Fire Emblem is like the first free weekend, I'll battle and I'll grind. I like to be at least like five to ten levels higher than the uh, level requirement for the mission. And then I'll go talk to everyone, everyone in my party loves me i got them all maxed out so i don't have to spend time doing that anymore but it's kind of like that same formula then at the end of the month you do the mission and then it's repeat 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 and so i find myself spending so much time going through a single month that by the time it's time to do it all over again i'm like okay i'm just gonna step outside for a little bit and get some fresh air do you find yourself doing that at all Simon, or are you just like cranking I mean, through I've, it? I've had to put it down just because of work um i've had my schedule's been pretty busy uh so I've naturally just taken a little bit of a break okay. from it, but um, I do know what you're saying. Like, it's, especially now, I think I have like four months left of the game. Um, yeah, and so, but and so I think close. I think the problem is you and I because the way you're talking it sounds very similar to me. Only I flip it and I explore the first weekend of every month, and then I constantly battle grind like the next mm-hmm. couple of weekends. Is the fact that I I feel the need to level grind as much as I, I I don't you don't actually need to which is what no. I would like to reiterate to people but I'm just a weirdo that wants to be really OP and really over like leveled so that I can one shot people I don't yes, want to take the time same, same. to like have a battle where you and I have exchange blows no no I'm gonna kill you in one swipe and plus so it's a good way to, to do that yeah it's a good way to build the relationships between your characters too. that's also true um so in order to do that, the the best way is just be super OP and like you have to grind in order to do that. Um, but then it does get a little repetitive because you're just sitting there like kind of running through the same same shit over and over again. Like right now, I currently got somebody uh, who's they're just a little bit under leveled. And so I'm sitting here level grinding mostly for them and trying to give them as many kills as possible mm-hmm. to give them the XP. But it's kind of a fucking track, man. And I'm like, what's the best way to level this bitch up? I don't know. Yeah. What I do is I just I because all my other characters are like pretty OP. So I stick them in with maybe like five characters instead of the usual 11. And then I auto battle to focus. And I've then I never put, done auto battle. Auto, and oh, my God. I'm going to change your life in like five seconds. So go use auto battle. Use okay, focus. I'm too and then, scared to use it. Well, you're not using permadeath, right? No, oh, I so guess that's it, true. Yeah, and so then select auto battle, then push start, and it it literally skips all of the fighting, and all you get are the results. <gasps> yeah, you just have to do it every turn, but it makes the grinding go incredibly fast because you auto battle, you push start, and then it just keep mashing start. I don't and- know why I was always afraid to hit the button. I was like, I don't know, something bad might happen. Like, <laughs> no, no, like your character <laughs> will probably die a few times, but that you don't you don't have permadeath. I don't have permadeath on. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. try that now for my yeah, level grinding because I've been level grinding like the slow old way. Of, like, I used yeah. to do that too when I was playing on the 3DS and then I learned about auto battle and the start skip and it's yes. Okay, good. Thank anyway, you. Yeah. But yeah, 
So I think we are going to dive into deep story spoilers during the episode you were talking about. Um, so that gives everybody a chance to also catch up. I'm playing Black two Eagles. Weeks. You are playing Golden Deer. So we have two different house perspectives, and I'm really mm-hmm. excited to dive into that. Yeah. That's all. It's been consuming my life. That's all I have to talk nice. about. Nice. So what do you all have? Right, Andrea, Andrea, what else you got? What else you got? Katana Zero. It feels like Katana Zero wouldn't be a game that you like. Yeah, that's because it's not. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true. So just the expression so, on her face. <laughs> yeah. So the the jury's still out for me on Katana Zero. And I committed to trying this game because much like Celeste last year, I put off Celeste for many months after everyone was like, this game is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a platformer that's doing things that's kind of a Metroidvania and it looks really hard and I don't want to. But then I did it and it changed my life and I love Celeste and was really impressed by everything that that team did. So Katana Zero to me feels like this year's Celeste in a, a certain amount of ways with the, the industry chatter around it. So I was like, okay, I made a commitment to try it. So I've tried it and I've been playing it. And I think what they're doing with the gameplay is very interesting. Are either of you familiar with the premise of Katana Zero? Not very. No. So you play this hyper-deadly, almost John Wick-esque samurai character. And this character, who I believe is a he, but for a second I thought was a she, because he's got like a great ponytail thing happening in the character art, mm-hmm. um, is essentially like an assassin. And you get sent out, you get this like dossier of who your mark is for the night, and you go out and you have to uh, kill them. And in, in doing so, you have to leave no one alive. You essentially have to kill every single enemy on your way to your mark. And it's a platformer in that sense. Um, I wouldn't call it Metroidvania, Metroidvania because it feels more roguelike than Metroidvania. Um, if you go through and you die, like if one of the enemies hits you and you die, you like, that's my rewind sound. Oh, yeah, that's that was good. good. Um, and it just rewinds <laughs> like record scratch, whatever you want to do. It feels more like a VHS tape that you're rewinding visually. Mm-hmm. And you start the level over. And so you is and it's like it's usually like a one hit kill, but there are some enemies that are a two hit kill, and and so essentially it's like you learn by death, which is a mechanic that I've said it's not my jam, it's just not my thing. I don't like the idea that I have to die in order to learn how to proceed. It just feels intentionally punishing in a way that I don't find fun. But I know a lot of gamers out there find challenging and rewarding, and that's cool. You do you, bro. And so I I've been playing the game and. I'm starting to get more into the story and starting to kind of peel back like what's actually happening here. And so like in these scenes between marks, you like go to see this doctor who's clearly some kind of psychiatrist or posing as one. And he gives you this medicine. You have these dialogue options where you can choose to be angry or you can choose to like be calm and then choose from a couple different paths. I've always, I, I've always waited for the more rational answers and I've never gone straight to like the angry answers. So I don't know what happens, but I imagine that your choices in these short dialogue trees impact what happens later in the level. For Mm -hmm. example, in the early stages, there's a hotel level where you enter 
in your like full uh your full gi, right? Your like uh your robe with the belt and everything like you're a ninja or you're like going to karate class or whatever. Uh and you've got your katana sword. Mhm. And you come across the receptionist and she's like, yo, what's with the outfit? And like one of the options <laughs> is to be like either I'm here to kill people <laughs> or it's cosplay. <laughs> oh, it's cosplay. <laughs> and so I uh, so I picked it's cosplay. And she's like, oh, I think I see it now. You're this blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. And you're like, uh-huh. yeah, that's it. <laughs> you got it. She's like, OK, cool. Well, have a good time at the hotel. Bye. And then you're going to like walk on by. Uh, and I imagine if you're like, I'm here to kill people, the conversation doesn't go as well. <laughs> or she'll be like, haha, that's funny. Right? Yeah. And so then I, I go through the level and I kill all the things that I need to kill um, after several attempts. <laughs> and then I come back and there's a police officer at the front desk with her being like, oh, we've heard a disturbance. Why is there blood on your outfit? It's ketchup. That's clearly blood. And then the front desk girl goes, oh, it's just cosplay. He was here earlier. And the police uh. officer was like, oh, yeah, I see it. Cool. Well, have a good night. Be on your way. Oh, <laughs> my God. Right <laughs> That's amazing. You just walk right out. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, what's interesting about the way that the gameplay mechanic works is if you die or if you once you pass the mission, you go into this weird replay where you get to see exactly what you did so if you're having trouble with your mistakes you can like kind of like watch the tape back to see like mm. oh it's like maybe football practice here yeah <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> essentially um but they kind of dump a bunch of the mechanics on you all at once in the beginning of the game so you kind of gotta figure out all right when am i gonna dash when am i gonna roll when am i gonna slow-mo time because you can one of your like abilities because you are taking this weird medicine for whatever kind of psychosis that you're experiencing allows you like slow down time and so it's um so far i can absolutely see why people are super into it and the music is fantastic the um uh, the composition and the songs and they show the composer or the the producer of the song at the beginning of each level Hmm. is great and the art style is not my favorite, but that's a Andrew Renee thing. I'm not super into like this more retro looking art style. But I, I absolutely understand why people are into it. I just am having trouble getting into it because I think with Celeste, what really drew me to that story was this idea of a girl facing her inner demons and really looking at herself and overcoming her insecurities and the thing, the evil things that she's saying to herself. And the whole, you know, trip of Celeste is her like climbing this mountain to like have some self-realization and conquer these these demons that she has. And it feels like Katana Zero has hints of that coming, but I haven't got there yet. And at the beginning of the game, there wasn't an amazing message like, you can do this. Mm. It was just like, good luck, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. They didn't say that for the record. That's yeah, just I know. me. That was you. Know, you. Paraphrasing, yeah. Of yeah. course. But yeah, you know, it, it makes sense why Celeste clicked and maybe this one isn't. Um, you know, you don't like retro looking graphics. You don't like learning by death. And so it sounds like, you know, kind of something I've learned in my time playing video games is no matter what the genre is, if there's a message there that speaks to me or that I can relate with, you can generally look over those things that you usually don't enjoy and it actually adds to the experience sounds like katana zero is kind of more of a 
haha, this is a fun, like, this is a video game. This isn't like mm-hmm. trying to convey a very special message across. And maybe that's why it's not so much clicking with you. Yeah. But I want to be clear, the game is really well built from a mechanics perspective. I didn't find any design flaws or anything like that. I think that if if you've heard about Katana Zero and you're interested, like the music's great, the art, you know, has a very specific point of view and it seems like the story is going into an interesting place. Very rarely do games on Steam get like a 10 out of 10 rating. Um, but this got a lot of really high praise from around the industry. So it might be something worth checking out. But I think I've decided it's just hashtag not for me. That's fine. Because like, again, there's stuff like Fire Emblem where they're fantastic games. But I'm like, that's not an Andrea game. Like, that's not a thing you would enjoy. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah okay to put games down that you're not feeling because life is too short thanks yeah um i did just dip my toes into the ultimate alliance 3 the black order waters um so i don't have enough gameplay under my belt to really talk about that but maybe i will next week and then we have a couple more games the week after the week i'm gone where the embargo lifts oh yeah there's Mm -hmm. a lot (laughs) we might have to we might have to tape something in advance there's a lot of stuff coming you guys it's gonna be great from here on out It feels like through November, (laughs) the hits just keep coming. Yeah. So many games. Yeah. What a time to be live. (sighs) On that note, uh, let's end our second segment, unless there's other games that you two would like to talk about, but it looks like you're just eating, breathing, and sleeping Fire Emblem, so you'll have your big spoiler cast in a couple weeks. You forgot shitting. Shitting Fire Emblem, too. Well, you know, I did some selective editing there. No, it's that was my circle choice. of life. If I'm eating it, it's all I'm shitting. Anyway, yes. Touche. Touche. Right. All right. After this, when we come back, we've got our voted segment for discussion, voted on by our fun fans at patreon.com slash good games. What are we talking about? You're gonna have to come back after the break to find out. We'll see you in a second. Welcome back, everybody. It's the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. This is our feature segment of the show. And this week, it is brought to you by our fantastic patrons at patreon.com slash what's good games. We've decided to change up the secret segment to be the third segment of the show so everybody can get it all at the same time and just give some much needed love and recognition to all of the people that support us at patreon.com slash what's good games for as little as $2 a month. You can get access to exclusive videos, streams, and so much more. Join us. Help keep the lights on at What's Good Games by going to patreon.com slash what's good games. Brittany, what did the fine folks over there vote on this month? They voted on us to talk about the topic of you can bring a video game character to life and they will be your best friend. (laughs) Who will you choose? There's a lot of other really good topics, but this one is in the lead, and this one won, so we are going to talk about it. Now, I struggled with this. I have a list of, like, eight or nine potential candidates over here on my Microsoft Word document. Or how many of them are Bioware characters? Most of them. Yes, I figured, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And so I try to think outside the box. And the, the problem is, is I know you, you, you play a game, and you're in the game, and you're like, this person is so cool, I love this character, blah, blah, and then you stop playing it, and then you kind of, like, forget about them. Totally. I know yeah, so I know I'm probably missing 
um, quite a bit. But I would say right now, uh, see, this is hard because we were talking about this. I, I want it to be a character that I can bang. Because okay. you can be friends with benefits, and if I'm going to get a character to come into this real life... You want life, a two-for-one deal, man. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why my number one pick is a little tricky, but my number one pick is Garrus for Mass Effect, obviously. Uh, ooh, no. Okay, okay. Because he's so fun. See, he's I was going to pick... I would pick him if this was a... Like, a, we were saying, this is platonic, purely. You cannot bang this person at yeah. all. Even if you fell in love with you're no, you're just best friends. Neither of you Wait, like listen, each other in that don't way. Don't bang shame her. She no, no. Bang but I'm saying that's when that's when I would pick Garrus. Is if it was like <laughs> this is purely platonic. I was just reminded of that conversation we had. Like was it, I don't know years ago. I guess we were talking about getting diggity down yes. with Garrus and his beak in your poor vagina. Oh my god! I was so like, funny. first of all, he has a beak. <laughs> Second of all, he has he claws. Like there's no way this is being <sighs> enjoyed by anybody. Yeah, you'd have to get very inventive. So that's why I kind of struggle. I think as a purely best friend, not one that I would bang, it would be Garrus. But then I have a whole bunch of other lists, but I'll let you ladies go next. Oh, this is a tough one because you think about somebody, a best friend is somebody who you can do really cool, fun, exciting adventures with, but also someone that you can like just like chill in so, your sweatpants and like no makeup and like to be grungy with and yep. like you can like do it together and you're like yeah let's just be filthy and dirty and order like uber eats and shit oh that sounds like such a good day oh it really, it really does <laughs> it's tough I, I think it could be really fun to have sully from uncharted as a best friend mm. oh snap because for the record, I don't need to bang or want to bang no, no, my yeah. best friend. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, even though <laughs> you're not Bobby, like us, Andrea. <laughs> JD, you're my number one babe. Um, but I, I think about Sully as a character from the Uncharted series, and he's just always down for shenanigans. He's like, "What? Some crazy, weird adventure on an island that's probably going to get us killed? I'm in." Yeah, uh, and he's like always down to like have some drinks. He's like, let me like put my, you know, like polo shirt on or whatever. And let's like go walk around Havana or wherever they are in that specific game. And he's witty and funny and always has quips. And he's just, you know, got your back when you think you might be dying or falling off a ledge or you need like an emergency <laughs> airplane pickup. Bam. He's got you. There he is. Sully's there for you. That's so true. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, again, if we're going like a more platonic route, which I will do first. <laughs> I would, uh, another option if you, you know, not into Garrus for whatever reason, uh, is like Dorian. Dorian would oh, be a yeah. fantastic best friend. And he's beautiful he to be. look at to boot. So oh, he's super pretty. He's yeah. super pretty. He's got a personality that I would be, enjoy being around all the time. Uh, and can also do like magic and shit, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. So I think he, uh, he would be a contender for sure. The, the sex one's really fucking weird. I'm just prefacing it with that. And this is definitely not a character I would engage in sexual activity with. But Potato Gladys from Portal. <gasps> yes! <laughs> because oh potato specifically? Well, yeah, because otherwise she would try to kill you. But if she's a potato, she's harmless. Well, not only that, you, you could take her everywhere with you. Just get a little box, custom air holes in there. And then otherwise, she's a big fucking machine that's not exactly portable. Right. But if she's a potato, True. you just carry around like a little baby. And, and you plus, take her she'll probably... 
she'll keep saying i'm a potato and like hello how enjoyable would that be <laughs> no. no i think gladys is one of the most well-written witty characters ever in all video games and i would love just to like take potato gladys and go to a bar one night and just people watch and just listen to all of her commentary i think it would be fantastic that would probably be one of the greatest nights of your life it would be no doubt about it Oh, she oh, would man. have such good quips. It would be That's so good. Saying. Like, yeah, you just get, yeah, you get a bar, like a table in the back. You sit there mm-hmm. and you judge literally everyone in that bar. Exactly. It'd be great. Um, here's another one. And we're all familiar. Wait, wait. Just, oh, okay. No, wait. I want to keep turn. going. Okay. <laughs> You'll have your turn. Because inevitably, Steimer and I will run out of names and Brittany will be like, I've got 10 more. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, okay. As so- long as you promise. I know this might seem maybe too recent or cheap, but, like, he's just such an amazing character. I would love to, like, hang out with him, like, IRL, like, Cade Six from Destiny. Oh, yeah. Is such a fun character, voiced by the fantastic Nathan Fillion. He's just got this, like, dry sense of humor, Mm -hmm. and he's, like, always off doing these crazy adventures around the universe of Destiny, and he, like, will throw in these quips about doing things with other characters if you listen to his VO lines and some of the strikes and stuff that he sends you on. And I'm, like, so sad that he's gone from the Destiny universe, but... He's such a fun character, and if I could, like, have him as, like, an IRL BFF, that would be, like, super fun. So he's still dead, huh? Yeah. Dang. It's sadly. <laughs> wah, wah. They were like, we can't, we don't want to pay him anymore. No, but that's <laughs> Why it. don't we just kill his character off? <laughs> wah, wah. I don't think it's even about that. I think Nathan Fillion was just like, yo, I'm busy. I'm I a, mean, a very popular actor. Yeah, there, there is also that. Yeah. No, that's the perfect thing. Act- Activision had money to pay him, and now Bungie has money to pay him. Ooh, girl, what you drinking? That looks good. It's the Maker's Mark I bought for you, but now you're not coming back to this place, so I have to finish it. Oh, that's myself. sad. That just gut punched me, but you're right. I'm not. Um, but that's when it comes to the new place. I will. I have some whiskey for me when I get there. That uh, was a perfect example, though, of a character that, I mean, I couldn't really tell you the first thing about Destiny story and lore, even though I've played, you know, probably like hundreds of hours between the two. But Cade Six is definitely a character I remember and that I was attracted to, not so much physically because he's like a machine. But you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But his personality it was always exciting to approach him. And what's what's he going to say this time? What funny thing is he going to say? So that's a good pick. The uh, opposite. I don't know. I, I wouldn't pick him, but uh, that made me think of um, Legion for Mass Effect uh, and like how oh, interesting, yeah. how interesting it would be to just be like, no, you're my best friend, and like you're. Oh, robot that's also connected to many other consciousness robots <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know how i feel about this but it's also kind of cool like it would just be a weird choice oh, yeah. but um i do think even though everyone likes to complain about this character it would also be really cool to have a talking cat so persona 5 morgana oh. obviously like in the real world is just a black cat with really pretty blue eyes and just chills and talks with you although mm-hmm. tells you to go to bed way too often you could fix that a little squirt bottle would you yes yeah, yeah you just spray <laughs> just spray the cat um and but i think bottle. like how it and like part of the game you carry him around in your bag and you like go to school with this guy and so I'm like, lovely that would be so cool to just be like no i just this is my cat uh and like he talks and that's dope. That would and, be cool. Yeah. It, I would love to. I can't carry Rubber on. He's too big. But like having a little kitty cat that you know is just going to stay. Like you always see the people with cats curled around their necks just walking around chilling. Like how do you do that? I think about Ghost or Mav getting know. on Andrea's shoulder and she'd probably break her neck because they're plump boys. Oh, that's yeah. A good thing. 
They're hefty little That would bugs. be a, a little difficult. They just have do. a lot of muscles. It's just hidden. Okay, so the next <laughs> character, and this, I think I'm bringing him up because I'm reading the books right now, but I think Geralt would be an awesome best friend. He's, even though he's kind of like void of emotion, because he's, you know, a mutant and stuff, but reading, and maybe it's the way I'm reading, he's portrayed in the books, but he sounds like he's that dry sense of humor. He's always down to do anything and everything because he has really nowhere to be. He just has to like kill monsters. He'd be an awesome bodyguard. And I, if you know, you want to get into trouble or some shit, I don't know why that's relevant. But anyway, I just think he's a, a fun, a fun dude. He has a certain charm about him in his dry, dead You like eyes. dry humor because I am that. Yeah. You are my are Geralt. Friends. You are my Geralt. Yes. I was going to say Dandelion, but I think Dandelion might get a little too Dandelion, annoying. I would, would get on my nerves and I would want to yeah. punch him in the face. He's Zoltan he's, might be okay, but uh, mm-hmm. Dandelion, hell no. Yeah. What about Yennefer? Okay, I'm getting off track. Go ahead. Yennefer would be... Hmm. I don't know about a best friend. I obviously pick her as, as the Geralt ship, but... Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of female, but I think the only female we've mentioned has been Potato Gladys. Yes. Okay. I would be best friends with Rachel Amber from Life is Strange. Would you? I, I would. I would and not. I, and I say Rachel <laughs> because what I like about Rachel versus Chloe is that Chloe has just got so much anger that she needs to work through. And, like, granted, she's been through some shit, and she's got some trauma in her life that she needs to get professional help for. Um, But, like, Rachel seems like one of these people that obviously also has her own issues that she's dealing with, but she seems like she's super fun and... We would be like-minded individuals in the sense that we would be, put a focus on our studies in class and our obligations. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd that way. Um, and I think that we would still be able to like encourage each other to go do and have fun times, but also would know when it's like, oh, we should probably get back now and not like go get into really serious trouble, which I think Chloe brought her down a darker path mm-hmm. that... I'm not saying that Chloe ultimately led to her demise, but who knows what would have happened to Rachel if she had never met Chloe. Man. I'm, I'm going to go with a different Chloe. From Ooh, Uncharted. Chloe from Uncharted? Yes! yes. Yeah. She would be, She'd be super fun. fun to hang out with. And she knows how to fight people, which is also really fun, which means she could teach me how to fight people, which would be really fun. And then we would just like run around and buddy cop it the whole place and I'd beat you down. Yeah, she would be cool. Either her like... or um, Lara Croft. Oh, no. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say Lara Croft. No, I was going to say, uh, I couldn't remember the name that they picked because it's a Assassin's Creed. Is it uh, the female Assassin's Creed girl from uh, Odyssey? Cassandra? Cassandra. Cassandra? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because yeah, she'd be super cause she'd fun. She'd be really fun. She's super buff, so like she would lift with me, which would be helpful. And then <laughs> again, spot you, bro. She, yeah, she can spot me, she can train me. She can teach me how to wield weapons. She has she a great personality. She likes drinking. Yes. She likes sleeping with people. She's not going to slut shame you. She's like the, actually probably the she, ultimate best friend. She right, might be actually. the perfect BFF ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. Hmm. Well, yeah. I was going to say... Um, Iron Bull, actually. Oh, <laughs> Dragon. Wow. Okay. Well, because he's 
something about it. But it's been a long time since I played Inquisition. But I had like looking around my room because then I was gonna say Claire Redfield. Now she she's really cool too. Love her obviously from Resident Evil. But um, she can't hang in the rain. She always gets like, Ugh, yeah, uh, it's raining on me. And Ugh. like living in Washington, like sorry, bitch. Like you I'm sorry, but out. you're going to get used to some rain. Yeah, maybe Jill Valentine. Oh, maybe Tifa from Final Fantasy Seven. I don't know. There's just so many candidates. I don't know. I can't pick anymore. I have too many best friends. But okay, ladies, if you had to pick one, just one. I think. I, I think after talking through all of them, uh, it would be Sandra. Again, if yeah, we're going, yeah. if we're going, Persona yeah. Groot, yes, one hundred percent. She has like, most. She's mostly aligned with a lot of the things that I do on a day to day basis, which helps for any best friend situation. And honestly, hey, you know, she'd be DTF too if we like ever wanted to. <laughs> exactly, that's true. true. That'd be perfect. The best of both worlds. No, I agree. I think even though I never finished that game, the time I did spend, she did leave, leave a very good impression. Well, we all have the same bestie. Now we get a fight over her and who she spends her time with. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're going to roll together as a posse. Yeah. Be, be the four of us. It'll be great. We'll beat everybody up. So buff. Yeah, we'll just always be lifting and, and, and you know, Fuck that. You guys can carry me. I already, I already told Steimer on Twitter. I'm excited yes. for, the, when, for her to carry me around everywhere. I'll carry you. Like, yeah. Carry me up the stairs. It'll be very romantic. I don't know what stairs maybe in your house. Yeah. I don't have stairs in my house. Yeah, carry my carry me on my stairs. I can have some rose petals. We'll just down. make up some stairs, it's fine. <laughs> You'll do like the mount the mom. I'll do like stairs. the yeah, I'll just go down behind the couch. <laughs> It'll be great fun. It. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, well, this was fun. This is a fun conversation. Let us know who your video game BFF would be by leaving us a comment on this video or tweeting to us. Of course, you can also leave a comment at patreon.com slash what's good games. Thank you just so much to all of our patrons for um, suggesting this really fun topic of conversation for this episode. And that is going to do it for 118. Wow. We have just two weeks to go until PAX West happens, and we hope to see all of y'all there. Until then, there's still a couple more weeks of summer to go. Enjoy every drop of it. Catch up on those last few games in your pile of shame that are sitting there staring you in the face going, are you ever going to play me? Aww. Today I had to look up the Wikipedia for Metro Exodus because I knew I would never finish it. Yeah. Oh, I finished it, and we never talked about me finishing it. It was so good. It, it was, like, so well done. I was really close Gosh, to the that end. that game went under the radar. Yeah. Anyway. We'll talk about it at another time, but that game was... It was good. So good. So good. All right. That's it for now. We love you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.